Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. It is Gio and Jones on CBS Sports Radio on a Monday morning. Bogus in for Gio. Brian dancing his way back into a studio eating something. Who knows what? But it's getting him ready to talk to Howard Griffith of the Big Griff? Ten Network. We've got Griff. You're I back can't just stand in Griff, time. Man. Got <laughs> two Super Bowl rings. I got nothing. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. You got it ain't okay. Show. I got you what? Got a great radio show. Oh, I have a great radio show. You're exactly right. You do a great job on television, man. Oh you're, man, you're far ahead of the game. Oh man, well you do too, man. And, and quit lying <laughs> on a Monday morning. This is the second straight guest that just comes on kissing your butt right out of the gate. That's how we rolled, dog. Must be I nice know. to have friends. <laughs> uh, Howard, thanks as always for checking in. We appreciate it. Uh, let's start with Ohio State and Penn State. Um, I'll ask you the same question I asked Brian. It's 14 nothing after four minutes. Did you think the game was over, or did you see a Buckeye rally coming? No, I didn't think the game was over um, because I, I knew that Ohio State had an opportunity to go out and make plays. They just you know, weren't in, uh, in position just yet. And you look at this Penn State team all year, they've been really explosive with big plays, big chunk plays that they've been able to make. But, but I did think that there were going to be some issues going into that game with special teams. Because that's the one area where Ohio State has really continued. I know a lot of people focus on whether Barrett can can throw it downfield 20-plus yards. Uh, connections uh, are concerned. But to me, watching them all year, it was about special teams because they, they haven't, and they made some plays in this game special teams-wise, but special teams have gotten them to, into a lot of issues this year. Well, Griff, we had James Franklin on the show be, be prior to the season, and I asked him if there were any glaring concerns. And he yeah. said no. And I, and the reason I asked him that is because they lost some quality guys on that defensive line. There are glaring concerns on the defensive line and the offensive line, especially when you're playing a game the magnitude of the one they entered in on, on Saturday afternoon mm-hmm. uh, because yeah. they couldn't block ice in Alaska and they couldn't get to <laughs> J.T. Barrett. They lost their best uh, defensive lineman early in the first series, yeah. and, and they couldn't do anything after that. Yeah, but you know what's amazing, though, if you watch this team during the year, they, they've been doing a great job of playing an opponent's backfield. Yep. Uh, and, and I think that that's part of some of the offensive lines that they have been going against. But this Penn State team is still a really good team. They're just not as loaded when you put them up 185 to right. an Ohio State team. And, and one of the things that was really glaring is the offensive line. They still – the issue that I had with them all year is they could not run the ball when they want to run the ball. And, and again, that's hidden by a lot of Barkley and and, uh, and the rest of the backfield. They're big, tough plays. And when you hide those, when Barkley breaks off a 75-yarder or 80-yarder, that's, that's all people really remember. But in this game versus Ohio State, the number of negative runs he had was something that they, they hadn't had to experience all year long. Right. 
Howard, JT Barrett was just remarkable on Saturday. Where, where does that stack up with, especially the fourth quarter, QB performances you've ever seen? Yeah, for, for him, it, it's right up there. I, I mean, you haven't seen JT Barrett throw the ball the way he did. I think it was 13 for 13 in the, in the fourth quarter, 170 yards. You know, he made some passes that, that normally you don't see him make. Talk about being able to thread the needle. And, and I think that's something that, that you know, people have really been concerned about. When they have to throw it, is he going to be able to? But I think he didn't in that as well as the great job that that offensive line really did protecting him. Because if you go back and look earlier in the season, when he wanted to drop back and stand, stand tall in the pocket, he struggled sometimes. He'd come out, he'd side on some balls, and that happened, that got him in trouble versus Oklahoma earlier in the season. But this is one of the first times you really saw that offensive line come together and really be able to control the game and allow them to make the plays downfield. And also, you saw a lot of those receivers. Johnny Dixon, he's had some touchdowns early in the season, but – He's been a guy that came in highly touted but has been banged up due to injury, a lot of injuries. But you saw the ball being spread around. Marcus Ball, the tight end, really obviously came up with a big touchdown catch. They really spread, moved the ball around to a lot of their players uh, that made some plays for them in that game, particularly down the stretch. JT Barrett is squarely in the Heisman conversation now, 25 touchdowns after the four he had Saturday afternoon and only one interception on the season. <laughs> he's on that yeah. – he's, he's definitely – on that list now and, and maybe getting an invite to New York City. Uh, let's talk about – I think I'm with you, though, as far as Penn State. I think they, they bounced back, and they're still a damn good football team, but uh, they lost their best offensive lineman, that left tackle who went out yeah. uh, the other day. But uh, Michigan State, uh, you know, Penn State and, and Ohio State both still have to play them. Ohio State has Iowa next, but Michigan State – losing there uh, to Northwestern in overtime. They have struggled offensively. Defensively, they've played pretty well. But offensively, they haven't been able to do anything. Have you been able to, to, to detect what's going on on that side of the ball? You know, I, I think one of the things, they, they just are, are not as talented. And you got to remember, they had some issues in the offseason, some big issues where they had to dismiss some players. And, you know, they had to dismiss some guys that, that really would have helped them uh, this year as a good football team, but the, the reality is some of those guys are probably a major distraction as well. So I just don't think they're as deep and as talented. Listen, I think the work he can make a lot of plays, but I think when he is your leading rusher, which he was, again, uh, versus Northwestern, that's a tough position to be in to try to run the ball because they want to be able to run it with L.J. Scott and, and the rest of that backfield to be able to control the game. But when they can't run it that way, you know, it, it creates problems when they have to get those runs from the quarterback. Now, they've had some young receivers. Cody White stepped up and played well. But I just don't think they're where they used to be, particularly the talent on the defensive side as well. They've got Joe Bocci, who's, who's leading them in tackles and making great plays all over the field. But they don't have those talented defensive ends that they used to have. So they've got to recruit to that position to get much better. But I think the defensive tackles give them a chance, but they still need to be more dynamic offensively and particularly at the defensive end. But I'll say this. They're still going to have a lot to say yeah. with what goes on with Penn State and obviously Ohio State. Those are not going to be easy games for either one of those teams. And, and I, I believe they only have one upperclassman on their offensive line, and, and, and so that's an issue as well. Right. you got a young offensive line, you're going to have some problems. This is Howard Griffith of the Big Ten Network with us here on Geo and Jones on CBS Sports Radio. Howard, as we, as we prep for the first uh, college football playoff rankings tomorrow night, uh, everybody's got Alabama and Georgia in, basically. Then we're figuring out the other two spots. 
And there's a lot of teams mentioned, but not really Wisconsin. Are they not yeah. getting the respect they deserve, or people know that maybe they just don't deserve to be in the conversation just yet? Yeah, I think they're, they're right there. I think most people are giving them that respect, but I think at the end of the day, you have to look at you know who they played. And, and last year, they had an unbelievable schedule uh, of teams that they played in the resume and that sort of thing. And I know that becomes important, particularly as you, they continue to move forward. But this year, they've gone out and just been Wisconsin, beat the guys that they're, they're supposed to on their schedule. But they've got Indiana, Iowa. They've got a game against the Mich- Michigan, which we thought, maybe at the beginning of the year was going to be you know, against the ranked opponent in and, and Minnesota. So you just got to – there's not that great, great win on their resume right now. And, you know, unfortunately, that's, that's, that's what's going to happen to them this year, similar to uh, the discussion that there was with Washington last year leading up to the playoffs about them not having a great non-conference schedule. You know, they didn't end up having – Wisconsin didn't end up having a, a great non-conference. BYU – you know, Florida Atlantic, Utah State, that just did not uh, really help them where they needed to be helped. We're looking at their their regular schedule in the West in the Big Ten. Uh, Griff, uh, Michigan, you believe they found their quarterback now, and it's Brandon Peters. He was Mr. Indiana football a couple of years ago, inserted into uh, the fold the other day, and it seemed like that offense had some life. You know what? It did look like that, but then on the other side, one of the things they were able to do was run the ball. Right, so the quarterback really didn't have to do anything, and as you know, it's a whole lot easier to to watch guys come in as a backup as opposed to that guy coming in the following week as the starter that has been prepared for all week. So I'm still going to hold out a little bit and see what happens when they're forced to have to throw the football, when they're forced to get somebody on the move, because their issue still is in the offensive line and. And we've talked a lot about offensive line play. You think about the Big Ten, and, and, and that's never been an issue for them. But we talked about two teams, uh, Penn State, with an offensive line that, that isn't as great as it needs to be, and particularly Michigan, the way they want to run the ball and control the game with two tight ends, a fullback, and play big boy football. Uh, the offensive line has not been anywhere near where they need to be. But, Again, last week they were able to run the ball very successfully, and the quarterback really didn't have to win the game with their, with his arm. So I'll wait to this week to see if he can have that same type of performance and what happens when he's in a long yard situation and can he make some of those big-time throws. Griff, if I can call you that, uh, want to take a shot. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you, sir. Uh, want to take a shot at who's the next Florida head coach? Wow. Jeez. <laughs> names in a hat, right? It's, it's one of those jobs that uh, it's, it's, a, it's a prominent job. I don't think it's one of the great jobs, one of the greatest jobs, but it might be that next tier down. Um, there's going to be a lot of people that want that job. I think an offensive guy, a great recruiter, you would think if this was maybe a year earlier, a guy to me that they have to make a call to is Willie Taggart. I think that's a name that's prominent there, but you know, obviously he's out in Oregon now. Um, but you you have to engage him and see, talk to his representatives, and see if he's a guy that might be interested, because you know what he can do offensively when he has the players, and and you know he's a great recruiter. I think that's what they're looking for: those great recruiters and a great offensive mind. It could be a young guy, but I think it's going to be an established person that runs a great offense and is a known recruiter. They know what they're going to get from a quarterback standpoint. My man, always a pleasure to talk to you. All right, guys. You enjoy the week. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball 
your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.